Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek III, the search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your fake-punching other co-host, Dave Stoker. <laughs> hey, Dave. How's it going? Good, good. It's, uh... it's the first time I think I've ever introduced myself as Dave. I'm David Stoker. <laughs> hey, Dave. Uh... <laughs> So here we are. It's Friday, uh, our third day in a row uh, for our weird schedule week. So thanks, everybody, for putting up with us. And uh, again, hope you enjoyed the Columbus Day weekend. Um, We're here. We're going to be talking about Minute 39 today. Minute 39 of Search for Spock starts with prison guard number two standing up, way up, and ends a minute later with Captain Style saying, oh, Mr. Scott, calling it a night. So the first thing I'd like to say is George Takei is, you know, he's he's five foot eight. I don't know if I mean I'm not tall, I'm not huge, but I I don't I don't consider five eight five nine tiny. How tall are you? I'm five nine. <laughs> That's why. You're short, buddy. <laughs> You're not that much taller than me. I know. I'm teasing. I'm five ten. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this dude is. Uh, he is like I, I gotta I gotta imagine he's what like six four six five. I don't know. He's just tall. I you know I I have no sense of that. Like you know yeah that guy's tall. He could be eight feet tall, <laughs> six feet tall, eight feet tall. He's tall. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. But he's tall. But I I I do love the 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 moment right when so uh, Sulu's just giving him a hard time right. Oh they keep keeping you busy and. Um, and this guy just keeps standing up and standing up and standing up when the camera angles. Like, it's just a great way they shoot it. And Sulu's reaction is the guy just keeps climbing into the sky. I like this. Well, he's just got the, he's, he's like really reclining back and he does the slow twirl. You know, he does like the half twirl and then he gets up. And it's like up, up. And then you see, yeah, you see, even see like Sulu's eyes just sort of like as he's going, as he's yeah. rising, it's like, okay. And you know Sulu's smile just sort of vanishes. Yes, it is. It's great. It's a great. Uh, it's a great reaction shot. Um, don't don't get smart, tiny. Right. So what do you what do we think about him? Do we think this this guy is uh, uh, threatening? I would think he's threatening. I'd be threatened because <laughs> he's so tall. Uh, I, yeah, I, he's he's threatening because he's tall. But I'm also distracted by. Well, we've already talked about the baseball hats, right? Oh my god! It's you know what you know what's in the middle there. You know what is in the middle? It's one of those marble mazes. <laughs> it literally looks like one of those those little mazes with a tiny little marble, and you've got to navigate it to the beginning. You almost can see the marble in it. Oh yeah, yeah, the little black dot or whatever. That must be. It's got to be the Federation logo, right? That's got to be what it's supposed to be. I guess, and you know, and then you have these like claw. I don't, I half expect to see the face hugger on the top of his head. Yeah. You know, they're like those like little claw things like digging in the back of his head. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a much better look at the hat that we've already complained about and it's not helping it at all. Oh, it's bad. No. It, is, it is awful. 
So I don't know if we've, I'm pretty sure we haven't talked about it, but um, so he's wearing one of those communication officers earbuds. Yep. And um, I, I don't, I've never liked them. I, they, they kind of freak me out. Is it because they're just so weird? Like it's the weird thing sticking out of your ear? Well, I guess I've always wondered since I was a little kid watching, you know, Uhura with that thing uh, in the in the original series. Like how how does it stay in there? And what does it do? Is that like an antenna sticking out of the side? Is it? Um, I, I don't know enough about it, but I, I've always actually Spock used to use it too. Sometimes I think it's just I I don't think I'd ever want to put one of those in my ear. I guess I don't remember it being so pronounced, and maybe it's because she always had her hand mm. over it, right? And so you never really, you never really notice it much, or it's never, you know, you know, you know, she's using it, but it's never like it to hear like without his hand there, it just looks weird. Yeah, and it's funny because you know even even today, and not not here, yeah. not 1984, but today you got you know those stupid. Bluetooth, you know, <laughs> yeah, e-bag things that people wear. On their, <laughs> you know, they, they, they probably they, yeah, they're, they're you know, they probably just insulted a whole bunch of people. Sorry, guys, but if you have those, blah. Uh, but it, it's you know, it's really not any different. I don't think from this, other than this one isn't a. I don't think they. I don't think they talk through these. But um, yeah, there's just something about it. It always makes my gives me the heebie-jeebies. I think. I just think it looks. I just think it looks weird and out of place, particularly in this moment. Like Ohura, or on the, you know, even like in the voyage home when when Spock has it and he, you know, Ohura is scanning. I am monitoring. You know, like mm. he has it in his ear. Here it just looks. I guess it just looks out of place. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because yeah, it's like what purpose does it serve for a prison guard? And, and as a as an actor. Right, not as the character, but as an actor. Like, how does that thing stay in your ear and not fall out? All I can picture is it's like just jammed way down in your ear canal to like as a anchor to keep it from yeah. falling out. And... It's like it's like earbuds that just will never stay in. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I always have problems with them. The ones that go in your ear, they never stay in. Right, and this thing's got like a lead weight on the top of it, so how's it not falling out? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a piston. Yeah. Anyway, so I just I I don't I don't think we've ever talked about it before, and uh, just seeing it now, I'm just like, yeah, it's one of those. It's a Star Trek thing that I I don't like. Do you like it? I guess I didn't really ask. Um, I like it when Uhura uses it. I don't like it when it's just random set piece item number ten on guard number two. <laughs> this would be another prop that I wouldn't want. <laughs> Because that would be along with the hat. Yeah, along with the hat, I would not want this. And of course, you know, if you did get this prop in some kind of auction, you know, somebody wore it, so it'll probably have somebody's earwax in it and stuff. Ugh. So then we move to the inner, move to the inner cell, and uh, McCoy is now he's out cold. So that Lexorin must be some good Lexorin must be some good <laughs> stuff. Yes, because Kirk immediately turns around and says, "This man is sick. Take a look." I mean, that's almost like saying, like, look, there's Superman, you know, like pointing in the opposite direction. The guy goes, where? Yeah, and that's such a, uh, it's such a cliche, you know, <laughs> jailer, you know, let me, let me out. This man is sick. It's like a Wild West, you know, 
Uh, is this the uh, punch you were referring to, Dave, in the intro? That phantom punch? I mean, I don't even think he gets six inches close to the guy's face. It just... it. I'm always up for a good Shatner punch because he yeah. he is the master. You know, he's got the the double-fisted haymaker. He's got the, you know, the off the, you know, the backhand and the the palm the the palm fist and he's this is just one of the worst Kirk punches ever. It just looks fake and bad. Yeah, it's it's a missed opportunity. We we should have gotten more classic classic Kirk punching. I think you definitely. Yeah. I love the I love the double-fisted haymaker. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why he doesn't use it there. It would be it's a perfect setup for it because he's got his back to him. He could just put his hands together and boom, knocks him right out with the double-fisted haymaker. Yeah. Why didn't he let him get closer though? You know, could I? I don't know. Well, I think that's also what makes it really weird is that he doesn't get close. Is that he almost takes like this ginormous swing, crouched and then up. And then it's like, it's just like this, I almost feel like the air from the, the miss is what knocked him out. And that maybe would have knocked his hat off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so assuming McCoy was faking it then, right? He was, he was totally faking. Yeah, because he actually looks up to see the action briefly. Yeah, he sees him as we, you know, Kirk puts him down on the ground gently and then they, uh, they hightail it out of there. Well, then we get Sulu doing a move. See, Sulu's doing a move, and he is, you know, he puts him in the chicken wing and smashes him up against the, put, smashes him up against the door, and then he, he does the flip. He, not, he totally th- does the, yeah. you know, the judo throw. Uh, it's too bad it's not the same guy though. <laughs> it's pretty obviously it's done, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, bad, bad stuntman sighting number one. But yeah, it's a nice move. So in this minute, you know, I think last minute, or it might have been the other minute when we uh, when we first talked about these guys, and yeah. um, you had asked me about the uniforms overall, like how you know, I think we talked about them. The pants make me think of two things. They either think of Postman, or they make me think of ROTC in high school. <laughs> oh wow, ROTC <laughs> with yeah. the. Uh, with the stripe down the side. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I know we were, um, I, I mean, I, I think I said it, I, I like, I like the, these guys, I like the uniforms. I like, I like, I like the shirt. Yeah, but from behind, it looks, comp- from the front, it looks good. From behind, it looks weird. It looks too formal. Right. Almost like, you know, a, almost like a Marine all in, you know, dress uniform kind of thing. Even with the yeah. white belt. Yeah, definitely. Maybe that's, and maybe that's what they're going for. I guess so. What did you think of Sulu's throw, though? It, uh, throwing him over? I thought that was great. Yeah. I think he does a great job with it. Even, you know, you know, it's a stunt, but he, he uh, George is all in with his, you know, facial expression. It looks like he's doing his best to lift that guy up and throw him. Well, he's, that's what saves the scene from the bad punch that Kirk throws, is that he looks like he's really, yeah. he's really going at it. He's committed to the scene. I, I agree. I, I think Sulu gets all the points in this minute, I would say. Oh, definitely, because yeah. you've got you get the throw. Yep. And then you've got. I still, to this day, every time I watch this movie, think this move of his when he pulls out whatever the, uh, whatever this doodad is that he starts blowing the control panel all apart. Oh, the Doctor Who. Uh, 
mechani- mechanical thing. The sonic screwdriver? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and all those things, the panels exploding in his face, and he does not flinch. Like, you got to give it to George, right? He's... He, uh, if it was me, if I was, you know, if I was acting this, I think I'd be, I'd be flinching from all these explosions that are all right in his face. And he doesn't. Oh yeah, definitely. The, the smoke popping up. And I gotta, I gotta be honest, that, that move, pulling out the little wand yeah. and blowing up the thing. Fantastic. That just looks so cool. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He's just trashing the thing. It's it's an awesome move. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he has to trash it so much. I mean, is it just so people don't uh, sound the alarm? I guess that's what I'm wondering. It does go on for a little bit, but it's still, still, dare I say, badass. Makes makes Suler more badass than he already is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of my favorite moments in this film. Is that right there? Um, and then we get this, and then we get this line, which is, I think, pretty famous, right? Sula saying, "Don't call me yeah. tiny." Uh, Don't call me tiny. Well, before that, he says he's pushing the guy into the wall. And he says to he says to Kirk, and he says the side elevator agents are on their oh, yeah. way. So how does he? Is that why he originally comes in? Because he comes in, uh, you know, the, the middle of last minute, and he says, you know, where's Admiral Kirk? Get him quickly, Commander Starfleet wants him right away. Obviously, that's you know not the real reason why he's there. But do you think that he is there because Starfleet's on their way, and he's like, oh, I got to get him out of there before Starfleet comes? I've wondered about that. I. No, I guess like how I, is how is Starfleet alerted to what they're doing? Right. Well, let's see if you if you start to unwind it. Um, yeah, because I've always thought Starfleet is aware that something is afoot, and that's why agents are on their way. But maybe so we we know that they're going to take him to the funny farm, and he only gives him what two minutes. Yep. Two minutes. Yeah, he gives him two minutes, and he says, "Your friend's going to the funny farm, the Federation funny farm." Is that why they're on the way? Oh, maybe. And then they just sort of happen to get caught walking through the side elevator. Maybe, uh, maybe Sue like passed them in the hallway. Oh, right? maybe. Like, yeah. Oh, crap, they're on their yeah. way. I gotta get them out of here fast. Yeah. Um, how about that? Yeah, I buy that. All right. Yeah, because you. But I think you raise a good question. It's like, okay. There's obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of sneaking around, right? Yeah. Um, of course now. Now they have to sneak around because they just broke a guy out of prison. So I guess the rest of this is they have to sneak around. Uh, but up until this point, you know, they could have just been visiting the doctor. You know, no need to. Well, yeah, they, no one was alerted there. Like the guy went in and he's like, you know, he's like two minutes, you know, go right in and talk to McCoy. Like there's yeah. no, you know, I, I don't have, you know, I have orders to, you know, detain this guy or whatever. It's just, hey, they're going to take him away soon. And so I don't think there's any alert that, Kirk is doing anything. I think it's just circumstance that they were coming to pick up McCoy. Sulu, like you said, which I totally buy, is that he either is ahead of them or passes them and is like, oh, I got to get to Kirk now. Yeah. And and warn him. And that's when the whole thing sort of, the whole thing sort of goes down. And it's just, they come running in as, you know, they're going yeah. out. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's, I think it's just coincidental. Not that the agents on the agents aren't on their way for Kirk, they're on their way up there for McCoy. Right. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And our two leather heads are uh, yep. jumping out with their laser tag outfits. And so, so 
you get another look of you get another look at whatever that you know behind the scenes <laughs> set. Yes. And so <laughs> I, I guess here's my question because I've I, I have wondered this. <clears throat> Sulu describes it as side elevator. You know, agents on their way. So he's telling them to get in the side elevator. It, does that mean the other thing that the, the, the what you call them, the leatherheads? Yeah, leatherheads. Does that mean that's another elevator? And again, just poorly. A poor. I mean, it looks it looks the same. It has the same walls as the side yeah. elevator. A little bit, so, yeah. So I think it's just like I think like we've already explained or already described. It's just a poorly a poor set. What are the so the bad guys that uh you know or the leatherhead that that come running in? They make me think of um, the old uh, Flash Gordon movie. You know the the guys that are all clad in red. And they've got sort of that big long nose thing. That's what they remind me is when they come they come running out. Are they the guys in the uh, like in Ming the Merciless's court there when they yeah. play the, when they have the football game? Yeah. Yeah. Don't they play football with those guys? Yeah. 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 Yes, I totally see that. Um, I almost can hear the music. Dun 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 dun. Do 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 do. Uh, I totally want to watch Flash Gordon now. <laughs> the Flash Gordon minute. Oh, that would be, I got to say, that would be kind of a fun one to do. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. There's so much, there's so many cool things to see in that movie. All right, uh, you got me totally distracted now. <laughs> I'm in Flash Gordon mode. Um, oh, wait, so if we go back then, uh, you, you, don't call me tiny? Yep. So that was, um, I read... Uh, Leonard Nimoy's I Am Spock uh, during the hiatus. And uh, he yep. talked about this, that uh, George has been on the record as uh, say he did not want to say that line. Uh, Don't call me tiny, because he thought it was going to be, uh, people were going to laugh at it. And, yeah. and just, you know, it was going to stick to him in a bad way. Um and, and Nimoy just convinced him, no, no, it's it's going to work. Trust me. And you know, had to, had to talk him into it to actually say it. And I, I mean, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think it's it's like a it's a famous line for him in a good way, right? I mean, it's it's. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it. Yeah, I I think it's a fantastic line. And it's it's funny, but it's also badass. Yeah, it's part. It it continues his badassery. <laughs> You know, he throws the guy, blows up the command console, and then, you know, don't call me tiny. Yeah. All right, so moving into the turbo lift, or the elevator, as uh, Sulu calls it. So they jump in. So uh, Kirk's in there. The three of them are, you know, talking. And um, Kirk says, Unit 2, this is Unit 1. The Kobayashi Maru has set sail for the promised land. Acknowledge. I totally want the next scheme we do to be called the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm all on board. Next scheme we do, yes. However. Hey, Chris, this is Dave. Kobayashi Maru is a go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool. You and I can play the Kobayashi Maru scheme. I don't like it here. Uh, I think it's too soon. I think too it, soon. I think yeah. I think I feel. I, I understand. I feel like it's it's a it's 
they're, they're putting a call back into the Wrath of Khan. And we just, we just saw Wrath of Khan. It was, it was just there. You know I mean? We just, it was just two years ago. Was, right. So I, I think they could, they could have done, they, they should have used something else. I, I, I don't like it in this context. So there. <laughs> so there. That, um, that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, I like the fact that, like I said, I want our next scheme to be called the Kobayashi Maru. I agree that I don't necessarily like it here. Um, I think this is, again, I think I said it last minute, it's part of that new silliness that they're, you know, it's it's humor. They're using something from before as a humorous thing. You know, we sort of joked about, like, this is a joke, this is a joke. Clearly, don't get smart, tiny joke. Yep. Unit 2, you know, the Kobayashi Maru, I feel like it's tongue-in-cheek humorous. It's not, like, serious. And I feel like this whole sort of exchange... You know, you're taking me to the promised land? What are friends for? And then they sort of end with a Mentos commercial laugh. <laughs> you know, they're all like, you know, what are friends for? And they're all like, ha, ha, ha. And you expect like a commercial freeze frame. Mentos, the fresh maker, you know, like right at the end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I don't like <laughs> I don't like this whole sequence because I'm focused on Kirk because he's, you know, he's got the communicator. He's he's talking and getting. And, uh, right, and then uh, I realized, uh, as I'm, you know, looking at it as, as part of this episode in this minute, I'm watching McCoy and Sulu, and Sulu's fixing his, putting his coat back together, and then McCoy's putting his jacket right. on. I'm like, they're just getting dressed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like, oh yeah, this they could have shot this differently. Yeah, again, I think this is, uh, you know, this was a lot of the sets and the staging and. Set up, I feel like there's, you know, we talked about it before when they were on the Genesis planet and things just didn't look right the way the scene was set up. And I feel like here, again, you know, you just come from Sulu's badass scene that looked cool with him doing his move and McCoy and Kirk, you know, moving right into the elevator. He blows up and then you get into this sort of, I don't know, weird scene with, like you said, Kirk on the on the comm. McCoy is like fidgeting with his jacket and McCoy, I mean, uh, Sulu's actually buttoning and then McCoy eventually puts his jacket on. I, I just, yeah, it seems a little weird. Yeah, they should have at least given like Sulu a high five or something for that move. Yeah, they don't even, you know, it's all McCoy and it's all McCoy and uh, Kirk. It's, you know, no no Sulu line in here. No, he doesn't need it. He, like I said, this, this is still Sulu's minute for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm totally, <laughs> yes. Okay. So, any, anything else about the prison? Nope. I think we are. We can leave the prison behind. Oh wait. You know what? We do have one more thing about the prison. Oh. Sorry, we didn't talk about uh, guard number two and, and who he is. Oh, we didn't. Okay. Uh, guard number two is played by Douglas Allen Shanklin. Shanklin. Yes. Uh, nothing much interesting in his. <laughs> Uh, in his history, but uh, he he was on Fantasy Island, uh, so he does have a con connection with Ricardo. Yeah, no other, mostly TV work. Yeah, which again, I think we sort of see that um, you know Harv Bennett influence that he was a TV guy. Yep. And I, I'm surprised we didn't we haven't seen we haven't seen more of him because uh, he's a great '80s smarmy guy you know because he's got the 80s mustache and he's you know he's handsome and obviously 
super tall and I don't know. He would have fit. I think he would have fit in a lot of other '80s movies as the bad guy. Right. Yeah. You know. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so I just want to make sure we we uh, uh, acknowledged Douglas for his his work as prison guard number two. Prison guard number two. All right. So moving on, we get this. I think a great shot of the Excelsior sitting in space dock. I think this is one of the best shots of Excelsior. You know, you've yeah. just the way it's sitting there with the light, you know, lighting up the NX-2000. And there's sort of like these, on the right-hand side of the saucer, you got these lights that are sort of stretching. And I, I just, it, this makes Excelsior look very imposing, looks very sleek, very powerful. Where I feel like the other shots, I wasn't really as impressed as I am here. Yeah, I, me too. I, I think it's, it's the... Um, uh, the hero shot, you know, right. of Excelsior. And have we ever talked before? I, I don't know if I've, I've shared this. You stop me if I have. Uh, one of the things I really like about the, uh, the ships in Star Trek, um, is the, especially on the saucers. You can see it on the saucers that you know it's it's made up of all the different, you know, panels, but they're all slightly different shades of gray. Right. Um, I I really love that. I love that detail. Because, you know, they could just all be one color, right? And right, would, yeah. No, it's very cool. And it just makes it, it gives it that uh, sense of realness to me that, okay, well, they, you know, they weren't spending all their money making sure that every, every you know, bulkhead or panel, whatever these things are called, are, you know, all the same shade of gray because it's got to look uniform. They're just like, yep. no, close enough. You know, whatever they're, wherever, whatever they're coming from, it's as long as they fit together and, you know, it, it'll work out. And, uh, and, they they did it again with with Excelsior. I think it's just a it's a fun detail. Yep. No, it's very cool. I like it. And then we uh, we come to the end of the minute. We uh, we go to what I'm assuming is the interior of engineering. Yeah. Maybe. I would guess just because Mr. Scott's there. That's the only thing I can think of is that he's sort of walking down some hall in this giant room it's very tall yeah there's no ceiling with a ceiling that seems no ceiling that stretches on forever so i don't know if he's like if he's on excelsior or if they're if he's in you know the star starbase or stardock or or the the connector to the two or you never really get clear where he where he is but then out comes captain styles Captain Styles, and we'll, I'm sure, be talking more about him in the minutes to come. But the only thing I wanted to mention was that he has a Doogie Howser connection, which our uh, secret agent man Conroy Gedeon was uh, on Doogie Howser, mm-hmm. and James Seeking was uh, was Doogie's father, I believe. Uh, that's right. Yep. So our our Doogie. What was it, Doogie Palooza? Yeah, Doogie Palooza. Continues. Uh, yeah, we don't get much from him yet. Uh, we get the we get the final line, Mister Scott calling it a night. Um, so not hard hard to get a read on his character yet, other than you know, uh, he's got his weirdo. I don't know wand. I don't know what that is. Some sort of stick. But baton. Yeah. So, but we'll, we'll, we have more Captain Styles goodness coming in future minutes. So. Oh, definitely, yeah. 
But I, I do... What, what do you got? No, I was just going to say, uh, Mr. Scott calling in a night. He just... Just even looking at him here, he just he just breathes smarminess. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah. Just the look on his face, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. He looks like... Yeah, we get a good sense of it, of who he's going to be. Um, I have a complaint. Oh, you do? I do. So, Scotty is wearing one of those jackets that is. I hate. <laughs> it's, and it's the one that, that Admiral or uh, Commander Moreau was wearing. wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. And it. Is it the same jacket, I wonder? Do they make just one? Because this one looks like it fits Scotty a little better than the <laughs> Moreau's fit him. Um, I'm going to go with a no. I think it's a little different. Okay. But it's in that similar sort of monster maroon casual wear is what I'll call it. I know. What's the, I mean, so Captain Styles is wearing the classic monster maroon uniform. Why is Scotty wearing yep. this casual wear? That's a great question. <laughs> no, Dave, I, I, I want an answer. <laughs> oh, you want an answer? Um, I don't know. Because he's Scotty? Yeah, Scotty. It's, it's casual. He's a... Uh... It's casual. It's casual he Friday. Was... <laughs> it's... It is Friday. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> did you have anything else for this uh, uh, kick-ass Sulu Minute? I don't. And I just want to stress again, I just really love that part where Sulu whips out the wand and blows up the thing. Oh, yeah. If I haven't said it before, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> It's good stuff. Uh, all right. Well, then, uh, why don't we wrap it up um, for the weekend? Uh, we'll be back on our regular schedule next week of Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, uh, folks, if you are enjoying this season, uh, why don't you head on out to StarTrekMinute.com and click on the digital tip jar we've got set up out there and leave a couple bucks if you're having a good time. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, go help to, uh, you know, keep the lights on here at Star Trek Minute. And, um We'll be back again on Monday talking about Minute 40 of The Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Don't call me time.